New Year, new us. Now that we caught up on a decade-long era of Power Rangers, what's next on the table? Hey, isn't there a comic that came out a couple of months ago that takes place after Time Force? Sins of the Future, I think? Oh yeah, you're right! We do go in semi-canonical order, and that is in fact up on the list. Hey, Ashley. Yeah? You're becoming a fan. Shut the fuck up! I'm gonna feed Kodo behind your back if you say that again! Hi, I'm Wes's sudden cupcake decoration skills, Jules. And I'm Syra Drake's oil slick effect, Ashley. And this is Ranger Splain, where I, Power Rangers expert Jules, takes Ashley, a Power Rangers neophyte, through the multiverse that is Power Rangers. And this month we are doing one of the BIM Studio comics once again with Sins of the Future. So what is it about? Well... Starting five years after the ending of Time Force, Jen Scotts and Wes Collins are trying to make their long-distance time travel relationship work. However, after the appearance of a mysterious black Time Force Power Ranger begins to ch cause changes in the timeline, Jen goes on a mission with an even further future version of Nadira to help save the past, present, and the future for everyone. Uh, so the comic credits this time are store is the story is by Trey Moore, but it was written by Matthew Ehrman. Line work is by Giuseppe Cafaro. Colorists was Francisco Sagala, and a letter was Ed Dukeshire with cover by Diego Galindo. Uh, uh, so yeah, the plot for this one was actually very interesting. So uh, the book was kind of sold as being specifically about Jen and Wes. But it's mostly about Jen and, uh, as it's revealed to be, Alex's sister. And uh, most of this book, I would say, kind of deals with grief. Um, you know, grief of losing a loved one, grief of losing a relationship, um, and kind of what can turn out of it. Um yeah. It kind of was like, fooled you, it's actually about this! And you're just like, I was not ready for this gut punch. Uh, yeah, especially me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the day we recorded our episode about Wild Force, a uh, couple hours after we had finished, I had gotten news that uh, a friend of mine in Atlanta, uh, Joe Hunt, not not Joe Hunter, our, our, our uh, podcast cover artist, he's fine, uh, Joe Hunt had passed away and um it's kind of messed me up a little bit for the past couple of weeks um not because i would say he was a particularly close friend or anything but he was just one of those people that he left such an impression on everybody that he had ever met um you know whether they were the closest friends he'd ever or you know had in his life or even just people who encounter him at dragon con and yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird to think that he's just not there anymore. And, you know, you, 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 I've been kind of going through that grief of like, oh, if I could go back in time to, you know, that last time I saw him, I would, you know, give him the biggest hug or whatever. And you're going through that mental in your head and reading this comic where it literally does involve time travel and grief. Um, I really didn't expect how much it was going to affect me and yeah. how much it was go I was going to relate to what was going on in a Power Rangers comic. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I really, I can't say I relate to like reading this and feeling like a gut punch with that, mm -hmm. but it definitely was like, it really kind of tackled like, what if you were able to, and we'll get into this later, is like basically like, what if you could fix something like this and you had the right. power to do that? Like time travel and power to 
fix something or say your last goodbye and everything. It's like, wow, it's actually, it's like, the fact that they actually kind of touched on this in this comic is a very big deal. Because like I said, this is Power Rangers. Power Rangers really doesn't try... Power Rangers often, I feel, sometimes doesn't... Knows what it's about. Right. And uh, so stuff that does... When Boom does do these very, like, serious stories, and I feel like for a lot for the adult fans or young adult fans and, and everything... So they can have kind of something a little bit more meaty to chew on. It's like, it's normally stuff that really explores human nature like this and human nature that deals with what if you had this power. Right. And, um, yeah. And it actually leads to some actual time travel fuckery for the book. Um, which, uh, I, I, when you were kind of doing this, uh, I noted that I actually really enjoyed that aspect of it because, I love Time Force. It is probably my favorite of the first Saban era. Um, no, not probably. Definitely. It's my favorite of the first Saban era. But it kind of doesn't really get into the time travel weirdness that much, minus the whole thing with Alex. Yeah. And so I love the fact that this book was, like, confusing, but in a good way. Like, I love I love weird time travel confusion and like how showing just how malleable time is in those situations it was kind of like what if terminator genesis was decently written and not crazy yeah exactly um i should note on this podcast we do not hate terminator genesis it's not a great movie but it's stupid and fun yeah it's it's a stupid and fun and you you gotta love pops Yes, Pops is the best, and I'm glad they kind of copied that concept into Carl in Terminator Dark Fate. And the, which, by the way, yeah, you should watch Terminator Dark Fate. You should. It's one of the best out of the the Neo Terminator movies. But one last thing about Genesis, it really does kind of go into the complicated time travel bullshit, as well as the like weird, complicated shit that is John Connor's family. Yeah, and so, like, as he said, if Genesis had been decently written, I feel like it would be something like this. Yeah, where, you know, instead of, like, John Connor suddenly is nanobot man, you know, like, John Connor's actually trying to deal with, like, this shit with his dad, Kyle Reese, or, or like, or one thing would be, like, John constantly using time travel to save Sarah from cancer. Yeah, like, that would have been interesting, and not this weird kind of backwards like him being the nanobot thing like like, that because that that i think that might have been what kind of that's not the only thing that killed the movie but (laughs) (laughs) it was a big component (laughs) yeah um but yeah i I agree with you like time like i love time travel fuckery i love time travel and sci-fi and like time force really like the instances of time fuckery really kind of barely scratches the surface with Alex and the only time they really truly time travel was getting uh the Q-Rex. Right. And like I love the fact that they didn't even try to really bother with like the Alex uh plot point in this one. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it just kind of feels like Alex is actually perma dead. Yeah. So like either something happened when cuz I know like the Ranger Wiki says this is non-canonical for the the actual TV series, but rather part of the, the Power Rangers comic multiverse. Um, which, you know, sure, that makes sense. It's, you know, you can have those dis- separate timelines. But yeah, in this one, I feel like it's just like either something happened after Time Force came back from 2001 and like it just perma-killed Alex or Alex was just dead all along. Yeah, and uh, frankly, I don't really care because Alex fucking sucked um, in the TV series, so I'm fine with him just not being there. He was um, a terrible and... boyfriend, Jen. Yeah, like I'm glad you dumped him for his ancestor, like <laughs> his his Whoa. his himbo ancestor who just vibes. Yeah, and probably like... would and like like you made that joke one time. Probably could not figure out how to spell gorgeous. Oh yeah, no, he cannot. Like, I, I don't know how Wes got through school. He can't spell. <laughs> He's very rich, though, so screw the rules. He has money. Yeah, that's 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 definitely Wes pre-Time Force. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing we kind of brought up is, like, how, you know, it's really a 90s cliche to talk about, but it's, like, it's definitely girl power, as in, like, 
girls are kind of driving the plot. Yeah, because like I said, this was sold kind of as being about Wes and Jen, and Wes and Jen is a big part of the plot, um, especially because it's a big motivation for Jen, but when the actual plot drivers are Jen, Nadira, and Syra. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, that was kind of refreshing to like, okay, we're actually going to make this a, a story centered on these women characters. Yeah. So it was really neat to see that. Uh, also see kind of how like Nadira kind of grown and we'll get into that and stuff, but it's just mm-hmm. like, it's just so neat to see like, Two kind of, like, one fan fave, one that's kind of favorite among the gays, I think. Nadira definitely is a, a gay favorite. Yeah. And then, like, a new kind of character that is very interesting. Yeah. Um, And then something else about this that was, it was basically kind of an intro to the events of both in Hyperforce and Shattered Grid. Um, Just because I think, okay, so we haven't. I personally haven't read anything for the Shattered Grid story yet, just because, like, I kind of, I'm kind of staying away from that as we're going through the, um, as we're going through all of this. Uh, so I'm trying not to jump ahead. And I'm just lazy. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, and I have looked up some stuff that happens in Shattered Grid. Um, like, I can already tell you I haven't read any of her stories, but Grace Sterling is bae. Um... <laughs> uh but yeah so i i know so i'm aware that outpost one is a thing in shattered grid and i'm aware of things that happen in hyperforce that were kind of it that are in the comic but aren't in like but that are in the comic here but they it was sort of was more of like an introduction but people who i'm sure that people who have read and not read (laughs) watched hyperforce would totally get like oh that's that's x that's y that's z yeah so probably when we actually watch hyperforce which again a lot of that is because i'm lazy i haven't gotten because when hyperforce came out i was uh basically on a dial-up internet service so i really couldn't watch it Mm -hmm. and um so now i'm just like i i i'm like i want to check this out but also i'm very lazy so we're just gonna well i'm sure we're just gonna watch at the same time and just be in awe and be like, oh yeah, we remember this. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'll probably reread this by the time we get to um, <laughs> we get to Hyperforce. Yeah. So let's get into the heroes uh, of this, and the first one let's talk about is uh, Cyra Drake, and what really kind of uh, there's kind of two characters that have this time travel thing, and hers is what if you could fix the death of your loved one, and then it went horribly wrong. Yeah. So Syra is introduced as the sister to Alex, um, which I guess means she also kind of looks like Wes, because <laughs> um, they because well, when they, she's kind of when her she's introduced in person because she first appears as uh, a black time force ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, as when she's introduced, like uh, Jen's trying to go, you look so much like she's basically like, oh my god, you look so much like Alex. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, so does that mean she technically looks like Wes too a little bit? Um, but whatever. But yeah, so as you find out when you find out that she's the, she's the Black Time Force Ranger that's hunting down Jen is that she, uh, is go like, she's going through grief because she lost Alex. Like, I think Alex was the last family member that she had. Um, but either way, she was very close to Alex. And, um, the last time she saw Alex was the day he died. Yeah. And so she gets a hold of the black chronomorpher and she keeps going through this time loop where she is trying to stop the death of Alex and she has not succeeded. And no timeline has she's ever succeeded in basically saving Alex's life. Yeah. And so it's causing her both this time so it's causing this time travel fuckery that is a plot driver to the comic but it's also that she's dealing with not just grief but anger yeah because she blames jen for what happened and she keeps trying to like 
not just like not just correct what happened with Alex, but go after Jen because she blames Jen for what happened. Yeah, she kinda, thinks it's kind of yeah. that 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 anger part of the griefing stage. Yeah, she's uh, just I mean, stuck there. Yeah, she's yeah she's stuck there. She's stuck in this loop. She's both <laughs> figuratively and literally, and um, it's not really until Jen extend like basically like extends a hand out to her and offers to help her that she's kind of able to break out of it yeah and um Um, it's just it's like i again it's like i really love that concept that they did of just like what if you were able to deal like in your grief of someone dying you were able to time travel and kind of the exploration of how that's probably not a good idea because yeah she she just gets you know like like you said like not only does she get kind of stuck in that anger loop but she also just gets literally stuck in a time loop constantly because she's trying to correct it trying to correct it and she never does and doesn't it kind of get worse and worse every time she tries to correct it yeah because the last effort we really see from her um is uh basically she goes after wes yeah and it ends up like wes ends up kind of like i don't know if he's like if she's killed killed or like he just disappears from the timeline um, but either way, it, that would mean that if Wes is gone, Alex and effectively Syrah do not exist. Yeah, it, it's, it's like, congratulations, you killed your own grandpa, and unlike Fry, <laughs> you did not have sex with your grandma to become your own grandpa. <laughs> Screw history, Mr. I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> I love that we we like like I just came in with that. Yeah, and um <laughs> Oh, sorry. Now I'm just also thinking of the lines like you ever think you're spo- like you're like you're attracted to girls cuz you're supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It took me way too long as a kid to realize that it was implying that Fry's grandpa was gay. Yeah. <laughs> Quote unquote grandpa. Quote unquote grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so I think Syra through like throughout this comic is that she kind of has to be centered by both Jen and Adira because they're they're the first people that are willing to be like, no, let us help you. Yeah. Um, because we see what's going on here with this loop and we want to stop it. Yeah. And um. Ultimately, it is there is still some time travel fuckery that has to ultimately fix the issue, um, but it comes from a place of like love and not anger. Yeah, because and also kind of acceptance of these things are going to happen to you, but um, you have to accept it as much as it's going to hurt and carry on with your life. Yeah, you can't just. Feels weird to say you can't just live in the past, just time traveling, um, yeah, and stuff. But it it really does feel like that's kind of where it comes from. Is like to help to heal to move on because you know d- death is death and birth are the two most inevitable things we will all go through. And it's like you can't you can't change Alex being dead, yeah. unfortunately, and you have to kind of grieve and move on. And even in like grief will live for you the rest of your life. I still grieve for people and animals that died years ago. I still feel, you know, my grandmother died when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, my really nice one. And I still feel very sad sometimes. She's not there. Yeah. Um, I mean, this year's going to be the 10 year anniversary of when my, uh, with my great grandmother and my uh, my grandfather, my grandpa Ray passed away in the same year. They passed away about two months apart from each other, and you know it's you know like I said, it's been a decade. And, you know, most days now I'm fine, and then some days like I you know I remember something about them, and it just like kind of like bowls me over, and like as time goes on like those i remember someone i think it was on tumblr once explained grief as like kind of being like a rubber ball inside you Mm -hmm. and like when it you know when the thing first happens um when when the death first happens or you know when the breakup first happens or whatever uh you the, the rubber ball feels 
large and there's a button in there that you know that's the grief button and when the first happens that ball is large and it just feels like any movement you do just keeps knocking that button and you know it makes things hard but as time goes on like the ball gets smaller and it hits the button less but it's still gonna hit the button sometimes yeah um so it's not to say that the pain ever stops going away but you kind of learn to really be able to live with it yeah you just... and it, it how you learn to live with it can vary from person to person like but uh someone recently posted um all right so it reminds me of there's like a current like twitter viral post going around of somebody uh digging up their now deceased grandmother that she's been deceased for a while it was like three years or so and mm-hmm. like the last thing one of the last things she made was like a uh i'm not gonna butcher the korean so i'm just gonna say it was like the korean chili paste mm-hmm. uh and uh how they made a meal with it and it just kind of like it brought a uh, happy like memories and kind of like celebrating her life through cooking with that for the first time and that's mm-hmm. kind of how kind of grief like once you get over that anger and everything you kind of learn to just kind of reflect and look at happy memories unless it's a shitty breakup then i can tell you just sometimes just like wow that opened up a scab wound and now i'm angry <laughs> right uh but you know that pain's not gonna be there forever no like uh even with like painful stuff like uh you know yeah the pain's just not gonna be forever whether it's you know a death of someone very beloved and then you know you revisit them and it's just kind of like it's it's almost a bittersweet thing to visit because it's like oh it's nice to remember them or just kind of like like i said like a like a bad relationship and a scab that just kind of opens uh, you know, because I've been through both of those. It's just kind of like you you just move on and you, you sometimes just will think less of it. And m- part of that is just because I have ADHD so bad that I don't have good object permanence. So just just putting that out there as kind of a weird, morbid fact. All right. Um, and then I think because, yeah, by the end of the comic, Syrah is able to like move on and break out of the loop um, with Jen's help. And, um, you know, because you kind of see her older in Outpost 1, and she's just like, she tells Jen, I listened to your advice, and I learned to move forward. Yeah. And, you know, she gives Jen back the chronomorpher and basically says that she's now going to go on and live her life. Yeah, that, and that was, like, a big thing, I think, like, a big way to end it, you know? Yeah. Um, something that was really cool about Syra, um, that was not related to her story, is yes, so she does have the black Time Force Chronomorpher, but they colored it in such a way that it kind of had this rainbow oil slick effect. Yeah, it was kind of neat. It just kind of, it looked like this, almost like a glitch is how I viewed it. It was just kind of like this glitch in the system. Yeah, and like... It was so. It was like I've never seen an effect done like that before with any of the with any of the Black Rangers, because um, like you know, if in the TV show they're usually you know just the flat matte black, and I don't even think they did anything like that with any of the Black Rangers in um, oh god, what was it? Uh, the Psychopath. Yeah. Like this is the first time I've really seen that. I I just it just gave it such a dynamic look that like. I would love to see that done again, um, but probably not for everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, like I said, like it's a glitch look. Like she's not supposed to be there. It's like a glitch in basically the Matrix or something. It's a glitch in the time field. Yeah, that's what I felt like. And I, I, I really, and it's something like comics being able to do such a thing is one of the things I love about the medium so much. Is like it's not mm-hmm. only just a storytelling medium; it's also a visual storytelling medium. And the fact that like we kind of caught, like, this, like, she's not supposed to be there. She's obviously, like, some sort of time glitch or just some sort of thing that's glitching out in this time period just yeah. from using, like, this weird oil rainbow sheen on her uh, suit. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it just, it gave it, yeah, like I said, it just gave it such a more dynamic look than just having her be, like, a flat matte black 
you know, in the middle of all of this. Like, it just, it made her just look so unique. And it, 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 like, was able to, as just such a visual shorthand, to just allude that there's something more going on here than just a, you know, a Black Black Power Rangers going back through time and messing things up. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that that was cool. Um, so we've talked a little bit about Jen, so I guess we should talk a little bit more about Jen. Um, so she is kind of effectively along with Syra, the main character of this comic. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is that she's kind of she's dating Wes again. I'm I'm assuming following. I mean, I don't know how long they've been dating. You know, it's basically implied that after whatever happened with uh, Wild Force, that they've sort of been doing this long distance um, dating situation. Uh, especially, like, it's, uh, there's, uh, it also, like, they're trying to get rid of a lot of the cry- uh, Krylobots that are still around in Silver Hills. Yeah, basically. and it's, yeah, and so in Wes's timeline, it's 2006, Whereas for Janet's in 3006. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just this kind of just this back and forth where Jen come, like, is on a very, she's constantly on these very strict time, um, timelines where she can only see Wes for a certain amount of time before she has to come back. And it is, and, and you see how much it stresses her out because, like, and, you know, she's not certain if, you know, if this is something that she should continue doing. Yeah. And, and then, so, yeah. And then, like, Logan actually said, us, like, you gotta break this up. Yeah. And, yeah, because he, he, like, Captain Logan's just like, well, we need you to head up this new initiative, being Hyperforce. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to break it off with Wes. Um, and so I think that's what causes a lot of conflict for Jen, is that she doesn't, it's that sense of, like, it's her love for Wes mixed with her sense of duty. Yeah. And she, I think she knows she's on a, on a like, she's on a limited clock. Like, she can't, she, like, she feels like, and she knows that she can't have both. But, you know, she's still, like, well, wh- she's still trying to make it work as long as she can. Yeah. and Yeah, and, like, the last kind of date was interesting because it's like she goes she's she's i think she was kind of like prepared to break up with him mm-hmm. and he's like oh you know i got the you know the the clock terror and this timeline either didn't blow up or got reconstructed uh, it's implied go- that like there's a weird something weird happens with the timeline where it just it's destroyed but then comes back yeah okay so, you know, they, they go back to the clock tower. He has this entire, like, arrangement of food and wine and cupcakes he decorated himself and they actually look good. Yeah, and because they're, like, these little cute little cupcakes that look like they're Time Force-like helmets. Yeah. So it's just, like, she's having these thoughts and, of course, like, Syrah comes in and just, like, blows it up and does all this shit and she just breaks up with him and then we have to deal with, like, a little bit with Wes's grief on, because Eric shows up like, "Hey, what's up?" And Wes is like, "My girlfriend broke up with me." Yeah, it's <laughs> we have a minor subplot of like Wes having to deal with getting his heart broken. Not for um, too long. We'll get to that in a moment. Well, yeah, he gets kind of fridged for a bit, so not yeah, too long. Yeah, but like, yeah. So this is mostly about how. Jen is balanced, like, and it starts off, like, Jen trying to figure out the balancing act, but then, like, it kind of moves on to Jen has to confront the feelings of when she lost Alex and now possibly losing Wes. Yeah. Um, So, so basically, I I like that it actually goes into those feelings of Alex, because it's like, while grief is explored, I think, in Time Force, it really just kind of comes off, and this is kind of how I sometimes deal with grief, is just... Bury myself in something and never go actually into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jen definitely, you know, you see that throughout Time Force is that Jen kind of just threw herself into her work and didn't really give herself time to really process about Alex until Alex randomly fucking shows up again. And she's like, whoa, what the fuck? What? Yeah. And... So yeah, now it's this is kind of her having to really confront that while she's kind of having to, you know, 
save the world and possibly sa- and also try to save uh Wes, even though it's kind of indirectly save Wes. Yeah. Um um so it, it's nice to see Jen kind of have to finally confront like those feelings and how kind of getting her own internal thoughts on that. Yeah, cuz it's like yeah, your your boyfriend didn't just die. Your fiance died. Yeah. The day you got proposed, basically, too. So it was, you know, a real cop show cliche. Yeah. He was, like, only two days from retirement. (laughs) So, yeah, it it really kind of... Jen goes through a lot of character exploration, and that's something I really like about this book, and probably why I'll probably reread it sometime. Uh, It's just, like... It really, you know, goes into her her grief, and not only that, her kind of worry of Wes, mm-hmm. and uh, really kind of just more shows more to Jen than what could probably have been explored in Time Force. Yeah, and kind of comes from, and and like I said, she is the one who kind of talks Syra through her grief, and is ultimately the one who kind of gives Syra the the keys to what she needs to make sure that like what's happening in the comic doesn't happen again. Yeah. Um, and thankfully she does kind of get her happy ending, kind of. Yeah. Um, is by the end of the comic, they have, you know, they have Outpost 1, where it's kind of a place outside of time. So that means that Jen she... can meet up with Wes. Yeah, and I think she decides to kind of take the approach of, like, I'm not going to try to worry so much about the future. I'm going to try to worry about the right now. Yeah. Which is actually, it's one of the hardest things to do when you're an adult is worry about the right now and not about, like, the future. Yeah. And also, one of the things we find out from their date on Outpost 1, uh, she's a vegan. Yeah. That's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a little uh, neat tidbit because I, I think it comes from, like, that line... In uh, Time Force, where, you know, Wes was just aghast that they did not know what the fuck cookies were. But yeah, it's it was just kind of like, they brought that back in and just kind of made her just a vegan, basically. Yeah, I mean, kinda... it, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, you would think about if in the year, you know, 3000, where they've managed to, like, figure out genetic modification to, you know, where everybody who's, you know, in the world is basically a designer baby... Like, yeah, they have probably gotten rid of factory farming. <laughs> um, yeah, so probably, like, meets, like, that ground or something and all that mm-hmm. other things. And and also, you know, some people probably don't want to eat meat anymore. Yeah. We're, one thing I love about humanity is that one of our greatest strengths evolutionary is the fact that we just can eat anything and it doesn't matter. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So I guess kind of moving on to our kind of our third main-ish character in this uh would be nadira or in this case a distant future nadira from the year thir- or, um 3016 yeah she was just kind of like very like distant in the future and she basically what happens is gen- the time fuckery that kind of happens is when we start noticing the time fuckery not just from the like clock tower incident where she breaks up with like Wes, uh, very interesting. She like goes back to her own apartment, or I think, or, or, like a place she shares with Katie, and mm-hmm. tries to get in. She's talking about getting a puppy, and all of a sudden, like a big fight, an explosion happens. She's almost getting arrested and stuff, and she's like, "What the fuck's going on?" And here comes distant future Nadira. Yeah, and it's it's supposed to be Nadira that we that is from Hyperforce. Yeah. Um. So this is kind of where it's like Hyperforce's dragged in to be introduced um because i know she specifically calls jen professor scott's yes and not, she does. yeah um but she, basically she's kind of here to help fix the time fuckery without kind of like well she's doing that that distant future time traveler thing of not talking about the future yeah um, um and but, but they do yeah. show kind of hints of it through like art panels yeah like because her her marriage is like they, she talks about her marriage a decent amount um well i mean when i say decent amount like she alludes to it like twice yeah (laughs) um which is a decent amount for this book uh so she talks about her marriage a little bit she you know you do see like rancic from 3016 as well um who kind of comes to help out which is kind of hilarious because you see that 
you see like the, the the past memory of mutant Rancic, and then you see like future Rancic, who has been healed from his mutation since <laughs> Wild Force. We're still not over that. I think I'm like, oh, your mutantism is cured. It's like this is kind of awkward. It's not really how that works, but okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, she is. I think at this point, this is probably the most mature we've ever seen Nadira. Oh, yeah. Cause, like, because even in, like, Reinforcements of the Future, she's she's got more maturity, but, she, you know, she's still kind of happy and bubbly. Yeah, and, like, she's still got kind of that bubbliness to her in this, but it's like... Thank God. Yeah, Um, but you can tell that she's somebody who has grown a lot between when we saw her last in the TV show and when we see her now. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's, she's really become her own person and become like an actual adult. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's a, like a full adult now. Again, I'm glad that she kind of keeps a lot of kind of a little bit of that personality, but mm-hmm. she definitely like knows when to be serious. She isn't in the show. Uh, and then you kind of see a little bit change in, in reinforcements in the future is she's kind of almost, um, like, uh, just has no care, is laugh, like, kind of laughs at people's, uh, you know, misery or anything, only really centrally thinks about her. It's a very, like, toddler childish mentality, Mm -hmm. um, that some people actually don't grow out of in adulthood, as we learn from people who don't wear masks. Right. Um, and other things, but, like, to see her now, like, actually care more than just about herself and not throw these tantrums or anything, it's, like, that. that's a really nice thing to show. Well, also, like, like you said, she kind of keeps a little bit still of her bubbly personality. Yeah. And um, something that I did like was the fact that, like, Jen, as we are seeing her currently, still has a little bit of a hard time trusting her from you know, everything that happened during Time Force. Yeah, which I do um, like, you know, say, like I do like that too. Yeah, so, like, she is kind of initially hesitant to really accept her help, and Nadira is understanding of that. Like, yeah. so I think a, it's... Don't they, yeah. like, run into a pass Rancic, and then and Jin just like, oh, of course he goes back to evil, and she's like, that's a pass Rancic. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, I guess the one final note, uh, unless you have anything else to add about Nadira. Um, no, not really. I mean, because, like, kind of covered is that she's more mature. And I think part of, the, like, you, what you see of her maturity is the fact that she is kind of willing to... She is very understanding of the fact that Jen's not going to trust her immediately. Yeah. Because this is, this is not the Jen she knows in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's just drawn so gorgeously in this, by the way. I know, right? Like... This is the best she has looked. Yeah. Um, because I, I think they did a good job at kind of making her look like a little bit older, but not like, and I say a little bit older, I just mean like she does look more mature. Um, but they still kind of got at that kind of, that, that, that kind of unreal beauty that she's supposed to have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I just, yeah. I was like, she pretty. She pretty. <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> Uh, last, last guy we're going to touch up for real quick is actually Wes. Um, mm-hmm. basically we just want to say he's like fridged for five minutes with the whole, like, is he dead or not part of the timeline anymore? You know, fate worse than death. Uh, right. uh he's still a very good boyfriend. Uh, there's this wonderful scene at the beginning of the comic, uh, after they're done with, uh, Cyclobots, um, which I called Kyrobots earlier. I'm sorry. Uh, Cyclobots. Uh, that they go out for, like, a sushi dinner, and they're just kind of having these play- this playful banter, and Wes is trying to figure out how he fits on the team. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, you know, like, again, like, the cupcake thing and everything. He's still, like, the sweet himbo Wes that we know. And, but as always, Jen's kind of just the main character, and he's just along for the ride as the Red Ranger. Yeah, so, like, you know, we, like I mentioned before, we kind of get the minor subplot of him, like, de- like dealing with his own feelings with the breakup, but it is mostly Jen's story of, like, how she's processing all of this, and, like, there's this, the, the one moment at, like, in the middle of the book when it, you know, when we do find out that he had been erased from the timeline temporarily, uh, well, I mean, we don't know at the time it's temporary, but, um, 
when he had been erased from the timeline, like Nadira says, this is the only thing we can find of him that find that proves he existed. And it's this note that he literally writes out to Jen minutes before he dies. Yeah. It's just like, ouch. Oh, it is heartbreaking. I was just like, no, because it's like, you want them to work out. And it's like, you're you, like, because you really fucking feel for like Jen in that first part of the book where she's trying to figure out how to balance it and she knows that like she's probably going to have to break up with him and it's like no you guys deserve happiness fucking assholes allow Wes and Jen some happiness yeah but yeah no they finally do get the happiness at the end of the book thankfully Um, but yeah yeah Wes is just kind of along for the ride on this yeah so I guess we're now getting to our villains, quote unquote. It's kind of weird because it's like they kind of start out with good intentions and then shit happens. Yeah. Uh, and the first one we want to talk about is Dr. Ferrix or Fre- and Frix. Uh, they're kind of the same person, but not. We'll get into that because of time fuckery. But the main focus of this is, hey, what if you were able to go back in time to fix a regrettable action and then it went horribly wrong? Yeah, so as you find out in this book, Dr. Ferrix, uh, who later became Frax, um, created Venomark, who was the who was the mutant that further mutated and poisoned Rancic. Yes. And so part of his actions with helping, like, because, yeah, he went and, like, I think that's how he had the, um, the antidote to, you know, keep Rancic from dying. Um... And part of what's happened is after Dr. Ferrix died and uploaded his consciousness into Frax, he also created a backup named Frix. Yep. And Frix, for years, has been trying to fix what Dr. Ferrix did by, and the solution he comes up with is erasing all mutants from the timeline genocide yeah time genocide time genocide so as we find out he's kind of the main driver of the time fuckery because he's the one who gives the black chronomorpher to syra um and he's been trying to like go back and fix this action so that he doesn't you know he doesn't unleash this terrible plague among amongst the humans yeah yeah. And um yeah, it fucks everything up for everyone. Forever. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so kind of the same as before with Brax and Ferrix. Like they're pretty much the same person, but not because of that time fuckery. Yeah. Um, I just I just love the fact that like Dr. Ferrix was dying, but had enough time to upload his consciousness not into just one robot, but two robots. Just two robots! Like, damn, Power Rangers is some weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm dying. I'm gonna... Uh, two robots. Yeah. And, like, he was also... Dr. Ferrix was also doing, like, weird experiments with the Morphin Grid. Yeah, that's another thing that kind of comes up with, uh, like, Captain Logan, too. Yeah, so it's just like... They kind of, like, it was just kind of funny, like, when I just remember reading it, and, like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, wow, they kind of just, like, backhanded make Dr. Ferrix kind of a jerk. Yeah, because it's like, okay, because the comic, not the comic, the TV show kind of gives Frax this tragic backstory of that he was Dr. Ferrix, and, like, he tried to save um, Rancic, but Rancic was like, Nah, man, I'm just gonna take the antidote and uh, burn your place to the ground because humans suck. I'm and, an asshole. And I'm an asshole. <laughs> Welcome to the real world, jackass. <laughs> he threw it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, that just now I'm just reimagining like all of Time Force, but like Rancic as the threw it on the ground guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. You know, it kind of gives, like, Frax this, like, tragic backstory, and especially when, like, you find out there's still kind of, like, human inside of him, 
that gets ultimately erased and you kind of feel bad about it. Yeah. But then, like, here comes the comic just being like, so actually... He was kind of a dick. Yeah, and, like, now, like, Fricks has kind of gone um, insane trying to fix what Dr. Ferrix did with Venomark and has basically ruined the time, like, ruined the time stream. Yep. And... <laughs> and- I think that's kind of where we kind of get a lot, like, well, one, Nadira's pissed because, hey, she's a mutant and, like, she knows a ton of mutants that are, you know, they're just trying to live their lives and, does you know, she doesn't want them to commit fucking genocide. Yeah. But also, like, this is kind of where the main crux of the story comes of just, like, hey, you know, you you kind of have to move on from these you know, you can't just be focused on your mistakes or your grief or, you know, you have to be able to learn to move on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, one of the things this book really does go into is basically, yeah, it's like, here's this this thing that happened. Grief. A regrettable action. Like, the thing, the kind of, like, philosophical question, what if you had the ability to change it? And it mm-hmm. kind of answered that in a way, yeah, it would just go horribly wrong. Don't do that. Yeah. Um... Is there anything else we want to talk about with him? Uh, nothing I can think of. So, brief brief talk on Captain Logan is uh, kind of in one of the timelines. He's an evil bastard cop. Yeah, like dear God, it's like wow, you're a cop, motherfucker. And I like I don't know if this is a spin out from when like if he's always just been like this, or if this is just a spin out from like the weird time fuckery where with like Frax, I'm sorry, Fricks, whatever. Um. <laughs> Same but, guy, except not. Yeah, but he sucks in this book. He is the total cop of this book. So, you know, fuck him. <laughs> fuck the police. Yeah. A Captain Logan <laughs> truly showed that all cops are bastards. Exactly. Um, And, of course, we kind of have our honorable mentions here is that we do have the other Time Force Rangers do show up. Um... Particularly the Katie, Trip, and Lucas uh, are try to go to arrest Jen when she comes back from breaking up with Wes because the timeline has been completely messed up. Yeah. Uh, we do see Circuit for a bit as well. He's adorable as ever. Um, uh, though Eric does have more than just, like, a few lines. Like, it, We'll get into that. We're about to get into this. Uh- yeah, because you have a lot to say. Uh, and then, um, uh, like I said, we all, Rancic does also show up. We see, you know, past, the memory of past Rancic, who, you know, you know, destroy all humans and robots. But then, like, we also see distant future Rancic, who is still very much, like, <sighs> he tries to play tough, but as soon as Nadira asks him for anything, he's like, like, of course, honey, I'll do anything for you. Yeah, pretty um, much. He's, he's like, I love my daughter, and I will spoil her to death. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's like that scene in um, in Parks and Rec with uh, Mona Lisa Saperstein and Doctor Saperstein, mm-hmm. and she's like, uh, Nadira's just like, I have never, I've done nothing wrong in my life ever, and Rancic's just like, I know this, and I love you. <laughs> That's pretty much their dynamic. Yes. Um. So I just, I, it's, I I sometimes love that, like, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, Rancic is a, now a human, and he has been for probably around, uh, I want to say, 15 years? Yeah, 15 years, and he's still like, I love Nadira, and I will do everything in my power to make her happy. Yeah. And that includes, like, helping her out on this mission uh, that involves some real weird time travel bullshit. Yep. So that brings us to odd and ends. Uh, I want to go over this more when we actually get to Shattered Grid, but I'm very thankful that Power Rangers, for the longest time in my, just just the longest time, like almost like over 20 years, they've Mm -hmm. been very adamant about like keeping the timeline very much coherent in one stream. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of leads to some Pepe Sylvia shit. <laughs> and, like, especially when they would try to reboot, like, do a soft reboot of canon, like you see with Lightspeed Rescue, and like we're going to see with Ninja Storm. Uh, it's just kind of like, why did you do this? 
And right. they, they kind of started hinting at it with Samurai when they ch- did bring back RPM, but kind of treated it as another universe, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's at the same time, like, the producers and everyone behind it, were they didn't want to count the Disney years. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, like, Beast Morphers, the comics, everything started to kind of come together to the point, and even in Ninja Steel, like, because the comics were, like, strongly doing this multiverse, and then they kind of confirmed it in Ninja Steel, and then, you know, Beast Morphers really took off with that concept, mm-hmm. that now we no longer just, pep like, have this weird Pepe Sylvia flowchart of trying to, like, make canon happen. We have actually a multiverse now, and I'm just so grateful, because trying to shoehorn everything we've seen so far even what we have covered just on this podcast it's just fucking bullshit to do that yeah because it's like i love reinforcements from the future i don't understand why they try to make like silver hills and like um turtle uh, turtle cove is it turtle cove or turtle bay turtle cove yeah, I don't I don't understand why exactly they were trying to make those two mash together. Uh especially cuz like everything else it gets like so is this all especially cuz starting around the the Lightspeed Rescue crossover I'm like so wait, is everything in the universe of Angel Grove? Um oh, something I did also like about this comic is that it does imply that Silver Hills is in Washington. Thank God. Yeah, so that like something yeah, instead of, like, everything's in Southern California. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's been fanon theory for ages that Silver Hills was in Washington. It just didn't have a really confirmed area. And yeah. I'm just glad it's like, oh, yeah, no, they actually kind of confirmed it. Which I guess that makes, like, Turtle Cove in Washington. Yeah, or, I don't know, like, because I'm like, well, so where would that be near the ocean? Or, well, you know, Power Rangers, like, geographics where it's, like, there's the ocean, but also a desert and a rock quarry. Because <laughs> I was about to say, like, Turtle Cove is probably, like, Puget Sound or something. Or something. Maybe. Yeah, it has to be close enough to where it makes sense that, you know, uh, that the Silver Guardians would be on cop patrol. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the other thing I wanted to point out, because I was reading through the wiki to kind of, like, digest a lot of the time fuckery. Because, again, mm-hmm. it's a good time fuckery. It's a lot like, you know, reading a weird time travel novel mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it normally takes, like, many rereads to really get a time travel novel down or a uh-huh. short story. But, you know, we don't have time for that. So I just kind of like, okay, let me look through the wiki and kind of digest it that way. And it just kind of pointed out that was apparently Wes's apartment. That Eric and him go to, and Eric just <laughs> shows up and gives him coffee, and I thought that was Eric's place. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna take my butt over to my apartment and like give him coffee and cheer him up, I guess. It was breakup, but no, it's just like he just shows up and gives him coffee. I'm like, are you roommates? Do you just have the key? What's going on here? I just, I just want to make this joke. Oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> oh my god, they were roommates. Like, is there a polycule situation here? God, uh, I'm just, just imagining, like, how awkward it would be to be roommates with your ex-boyfriend from high school. Right? Oh no. <laughs> um, I think another thing that we liked about Wes is that there's this part in during his date with uh, Jen where he's talking about the dynamic of the team. And yeah. it's I think it, it just kind of pokes fun at the fact that, like, um, you know, especially the rest of the team <laughs> didn't really get built as much in Time Force. Oh, yeah, didn't. Yeah, because he's just like, Katie's super strong, Trip's really smart, Lucas... Likes cars? Yeah, it's like, likes the, the vroom vrooms. <laughs> and, you know, we laughed at that because we think Lucas is just kind of there. Yeah, and, like, I yeah, I, I do love the fact that they kind of have a little fourth wall break from Lucas just being like, hey! Hey, I'm more than just cars. I'm other things, too. <laughs> like my spike hair. Yeah, like your spiky hair and uh, constantly like trying to seduce women. <sighs> and um, 
I think that that just kind of wraps up what we what we talked about. And uh, our verdict for this is those boom guys have done it again. Uh, I've been enjoying the comics that we've been engaging in, and this one is no different. I vastly enjoyed catching up with Jen's and Jen and Wes's relationship. I also like how the comics will take concepts from the show and expand upon them more, such as grief and time travel with Time Force. This also got me excited to check out Hyperforce, so overall, go pick this up. Yeah, so while I do love me some Time Force, this book definitely scratched the itch I didn't know I had uh, for some of that, what Doctor Who calls the wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff that was kind of lacking from Time Force. Uh, it was sold as a book about Wes and Jen's relationship, but it became more of an explanation of the forms grief can take, as well as the effects it can have on people. Plus, I love how it managed to balance introducing a new audience to Hyperforce without getting too in the weeds about it. Um, especially with Alpha 55. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a great sequel, prequel, alternate universe story. I don't know, but either way, I had a great time with it. All right. So, as usual, we'd like to thank Kate Nix for our theme song. You can find her at Twitter and Instagram at IamKateNix and Instagram.com where you can find her at Bandcamp, as she says in one of her ads, Bandcamp. Uh, Merch and uh, her streaming, uh, which is the Lullaby Lounge Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. with replays on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Fourth of Nature, uh, by the time this recording comes up, will be finishing up. So... Uh, go check her out uh, there. Uh, Jill Hunter for our art. Uh, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, tw- Instagram at Joe Bloody Hunter. Twitter and Patreon at Joe underscore Hunter. He also has a Threadless store where he sells uh, some shirt designs, including a really cute like taco corgi shirt. Yeah. Uh, so you can find that at JoeHunter.Threadless. Uh, and also, uh, he's also doing a comic currently with Land Pitts, uh, Beast Heart Strikers, and you can find that at Comixology. Uh, we also would like to thank Kurt Yoder for our editing, as usual, and basically all, almost everything behind the scenes he's, he's been doing. Thank uh, you, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kurt. You can find him, uh, on Twitter at GreatSG, as well as his Instagram, GreatSG Creations, and that is also our Etsy store. We still have stuff to sell. Uh, and then our wrestler. Can can I do this one, please? <laughs> yeah, you can. Our wrestler of the podcast this month is the one and only Alex Shelley, who is one half of the Time Splitters. We already did Kushida. It was only fair that we cover Alex. And plus, I just, I just really like Alex Shelley. <laughs> um, so you can find him on Twitter at Fake Kincaid. As F A K E. K-I-N-C-A-D-E. Uh, he's also on Instagram at Taste the Diff. I don't know why he has two difference, but you know what? It's fine. It's whatever. Uh, and then you could, I think he also has a, a PWT shop along with uh, selling merch through Tiger Driver 9X. Uh, and then as always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Kitty F. Um, and then also my Gumroad or my Itch.io. Uh, I think it's... Uh, ashleylequel.itch.io or I think it's Ashley J. Leck- I, I'm going to put up a link tree on my Twitter by the time this comes out and you can just all go there. And then of course you can find my masks and my zines on um, ashley-leckwell.square.site um, I'm still selling those as kind of my side hustle so I more than appreciate your support. And then you can find me on Instagram at jjackets as well as my cat's Instagram was witchcraft in cats. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sins2, as in the number two hell. Uh, and then, again, our Etsy is Great SG Creations, where we sell parlors. I also finally got my Gumroad working in terms of payout. I have a comic, and I'm, I'm probably going to be posting, like, some zine writing soon. And that's mm-hmm. Writes 87 is the shop there. And as always, you can find us on Ranger Splain on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and uh at at ranger splain and then you can also find us on any on a lot of podcast platforms with just ranger splain uh please write us a review and give us like a a rating uh that 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 tends to help the algorithms the algorithm yes, the dreaded algorithm 
and uh, hopefully we'll actually announce stuff with our Patreon soon. So we're pretty excited about that. And uh, with that, we reached the decade end of the first Saban era. Tune Woo! in the next month. Tune in to next month to hear our thoughts on the history of this era, along with opinions on this era. We are also answering some very cool and interesting fan questions, too. Stay safe out there, Black Lives Matter, and may the power protect you. Go! Just play.